Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast, presented to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyTShirt.com. This is the UNC football recruiting podcast, and like always, we're joined by the man himself, Don Callahan. What's going on, Don? Not too much. Just enjoying the um, quarantine life with my family. What's uh, what's going on with you? What's it like? Because you obviously you and I are dealing with different things. I have a house full of, um, well, not full. I have obviously my my wife and kids who we we never get a break from each other now. But for you, it's uh, you have the single life. Yeah, I mean, so now it's just me. I mean, I did. I work out in the morning with a small amount of people, and we socially distance. So that's my social interaction is in the mornings with runs and stuff. Work. I mean, there's been a surprisingly a lot amount of work. I know you've stayed pretty busy, but you know, we had a Mac Brown press conference last week. We had a strength conditioning coach press conference this week. Roy Williams has done a bunch of radio, and Mac Brown's done a bunch of radio. People still put out content, so there's some things to aggregate and some things to write on. So, and then you're just kind of wrapping up the season, and then we're gonna start doing some looking ahead stuff for uh, for football let, as well. Let me just so, say, so I've know, stayed busy with I've stayed busy so far with work. Yeah, and obviously it doesn't affect me, but I think it's awesome that Mac Brown, in particular, and it looks like Roy Williams also, they're making themselves available for interviews like the the Zoom press conference last week and making Brian Hess available. I mean, I think that's great because it, it really it's they might it might be like a simple thing for them where they're only taking like an hour of their out of their day, but for us, we get so much content from that and allows us to obviously produce content, which is good for us, and then allows people to consume content, which is good for UNC fans and everything like that. And I and, and really I don't think there's a lot of coaches who aren't doing those sort of things or wouldn't do these sort of things. And I, and I think it's, it just benefits so many different people. I, I don't think it really gets um, the proper um, appreciation overall or just understanding, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that was great. Mac talked for about an hour and I mean, that's good for you and see it's good for him. You, you would think he would do that. And then it helped all us journalists give us some stuff to write on. And it's important that we kind of know what's going on. I mean, it was, it's kind of crazy thing about, you know, having to keep track of a hundred so players and how they're working out and how they're keeping in track with their academics and what could happen with, with potential summer practices and leading into training camp. So that's been good. What else have you been doing with more kind of more time at home or, or just more time with your family? Well, we have actually began the whole, I guess, homeschool or e-learning or however you want to phrase it. Our kids, as I mentioned before, they're in year-round school, so they, they're technically tracked out and they don't go back to school. They were actually supposed to go back, I think, tomorrow, but then they pushed it back to April 6th. Um, but we have already started our kind of routine just to kind of get things, I guess, structured and kind of work out the kinks, but also 
because um, since, you know, nobody in our neighborhood is allowed out to play and all that, um, our kids are kind of like become sloths that only move when they have to, to eat or go poo. Um, so we want to kind of get them rolling, get them rolling or whatever. And, uh, and also, I mean, their teachers have been providing some sort of review stuff and, and whenever we don't have, we kind of fill in the blanks. One of the cool things that we've done though, is four of us, my wife and my two kids and myself are, um, reading a chapter a day of To Kill a Mockingbird. And then we kind of talk about it. Yeah. To, to, uh, and then we kind of talk about it during dinner, which the kids weren't cool with the idea at first, but um, really quickly, especially when we were talking about it, they're they're uh, really enjoying that. What about you? What's I mean? Because like I said, I mean, I well, kind of joked about it, but you're kind of living by yourself, so I'm, I'm, I imagine it's cr- it's crazy in a different way because you're kind of almost craving that social interaction. Whereas in my house, we're almost kind of like, you know, after <laughs> by noon each day, we're kind of like, get the hell away from me. Yeah, well, first of all, it's kind of crazy. I'm reading uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. It's pretty mature content for because your kids are still pretty young, right? Yeah, they're both in seventh grade. When when we okay. read the first chapter, I was worried that the um, vocabulary might be a little bit difficult. My, um, but both of them really kind of, um, I guess, took to it. And I think the fact that we talk about what happened can make sure that they're on track for the next chapter so they're not behind or you know making sure they understand everything donnie scoops uh book club that's right <laughs> uh yeah so i have been okay so i've been cooking a lot mm-hmm. doing you know doing some some bigger cooking projects that you maybe don't have time to do during the uh just during the normal normal months and weeks i made some um some pies made an apple pie made a uh, berry apple pie as well I made a green curry, which from homemade from scratch. So, so I made my own curry paste, which was kind of cool. I've done that before. I made uh, a roasted chicken, made some chicken salad. I just a lot of different cooking projects, which is I'm going to get more into it. The only hassle is you have to kind of bounce around a bunch of grocery stores to kind of get all your stuff. And that's kind of I mean, Trader Joe's has lines outside the door, one in, one out during this time of social distancing. And I've really? been doing a lot of nature walks. Yeah, Trader Joe's has been bad without that. So we, we had to avoid that and went to Food Line and Walmart. Uh, and then a bunch of nature walks. I try to get 10,000 steps a day. So I do a run in the morning usually. Or, you know, mm-hmm. every other day I'll do a run. And then in the after, I try in the afternoon to get back outside and do a trail, a new trail, trail run, trail walk, or just a, a walk around the neighborhood. Uh, it's a great time with all the spring flowers and everything is very green right now where I live. Um, I know in suburbia you don't have many trees or, or much <laughs> green but um it's been great yesterday great little walk you gotta get into this yes people don't want to hear that much about us big show planned a lot of stuff oddly during uh during kind of a dead period but if you go on to inside carolina don's scoop from yesterday we're recording on wednesday morning don releases his scoops on tuesday tons of stuff chock full of information we're going to dive into that um we're going to talk about will shipley Don had an article from an interview with him. We're going to talk about the DeAndre Boykins commitment, which was uh, two weeks ago almost. And, but we, we didn't do a podcast last week. So the most recent commitment, we're going to talk about the mock class. This is your second mock class? Yes, 2.0. Okay. So there's a, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on there. We're going to touch on a little bit of that. And then, of course, you can read more of that from the, in the Weekly Scoop, which is a premium article. And then we're going to talk about a couple of small things. Caleb Hood, his position at UNC. Some uh, an offer that 
our, our buddy Tim Brewster put out to a UNC commitment. Then we'll dive into a our top five, which is the top five kind of shows. I think it was non-comedies, top five shows to binge during this type of uh, quarantine where you're at home a lot and you have some free time at night. So we'll go through those. So stay tuned for some new shows. I'm looking at the list right now. Some good stuff I'm definitely going to check out. That's the other thing I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of shows and starting new series and wrapping up series is that. So tons of stuff. And we want to promote the, I think today and tomorrow, a premium Inside Carolina subscription, 24-7 sports subscription is 75% off. We have a, a great weekly scoop today from, uh, from Don, and then Sherelle will have a basketball one-up today as well. So if there's any time to to join Inside Carolina, this is the time, uh, 75% off, I think, Wednesday and Thursday. So check that out. And then we're going to the next top five for the next time we record, probably in a week or two, is going to be the – let me pull it up here. We talked about it, Don. The new things you're doing – or things you're doing now that you weren't doing before during this time of quarantine. Don and I both talked about it. Don's doing a book club with family. I'm going on nature walks, cooking a lot, watching shows, try to be creative and, and maybe some things that you've noticed that you're doing now that you have more time at home by yourself with your family. That's the next top five. We'll talk about that now. And we'll, we'll again, tease that at the end. The next top five new things, things you're doing now you weren't doing before during this quarantine. All right, Don, you ready to dive in? Yes, but uh, before we do, um, to sum- to submit your your list, make sure you either uh, send it to me via Twitter at Don Callahan IC or on Inside Carolina's message board, which is just Don Callahan, or email it to me Don at InsideCarolina dot com. Um, I also make sure that you include just your first name and your location, so that we can kind of just give a little bit of color to the submissions. Okay, jumping right in. Will Shipley, five-star running back. You had an article up on him. He's obviously one of UNC's biggest targets. Certainly an in-state guy that I think many think that UNC might not have as good of a chance with as they've had with a lot of other in-state guys. But I texted you last week and told you to take another look into Will Shipley. And then a couple days later, you had an article up on him. Without giving away too much from your premium article, Tell us what's going on with Will Shippey right now and whether or not my little hint to you helped you uh, dive into this article. Well, um, I think <laughs> the hint just uh, kind of solidified the fact that I was going to reach out to him. I, I just figured I mean, the, the problem right now with recruiting is there's not a whole lot going on. There's not there's no visits going on, um, which is a huge part of having things kind of change. Um, so it's a lot of just catching up with guys, seeing how they're reacting as far as handling the recruitment, um, you know, with this, uh, coronavirus stuff. And with Shipley in particular, if without this, uh, this dead period that was, um, implemented because of the coronavirus, he would be kind of getting close to making a decision at this point. He wanted to take a bunch of visits in March and then also take a couple more in April and then make a decision by the end of this month. So he has obviously had to put all that stuff on hold. And with that, you know, I guess the main thing from the article is just how he's approaching things. What's his mindset? And then he gives us a little bit of glimpse of what's what schools he's kind of focusing in on. He doesn't want to name a top five or a finalist list or anything like that, because 
he understands that things can change between now when he makes his decision. And the top five schools he gave us were Clemson, Stanford, Notre Dame, UNC, and NC State. And for those who've been following his recruitment, that shouldn't come as a huge surprise. But it's kind of nice to get a, a better grasp on his recruitment when you get it, get kind of like a um, you know, a firm list from him. And keeping in mind again that um, that 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 list can change based off of off of you know new developments or schools kind of easing back or maybe even a school kind of going in on them harder because they they missed out on a couple of other guys okay great and what i heard and this is kind of you know i have some sources as well what i heard and what i told you was that unc was in a little bit better position than many would assume i think the fact that he was you know he's an nc state um his family a lot of his family members went to nc state kind of maybe outlaw outruled carolina as an option but i've heard that he wants to stay close to home and the fact that Drake May's commitment to UNC really helped him or, or really kind of opened his eyes to UNC. You have a lot of in-state guys, a lot of guys that play on his seven-on-seven team going to UNC and it put UNC in a little better position and that it might come down to staying close to home. So that leaves kind of Clemson and UNC. My source you know, doesn't see him going to Stanford or Notre Dame, even though a lot of people think Notre Dame is right there in the top two or three schools. And in my opinion, you know, why would a, this, this elite player like Will Shipley go to NC State, which seems to be a kind of a, um, a sinking ship right now in terms of mm-hmm. recruiting and, you know, doesn't look like they're kind of going anywhere in terms of their team. So I think it's Clemson, UNC, you know, obviously Notre Dame's still in there as well. But Clemson, in my opinion, would be the leader. I don't talk to him. You do. What's your take on that? And additionally, um, yeah, give us that. And I got another question for you. Yeah, and I think I think most people feel like most people who are closely connected or talk to Will pretty frequently feel like Clemson, North Carolina, and Notre Dame are in it. I agree with you. I think it's going to be hard to beat Clemson. If you just kind of look at we always play the watch what they do game with recruits to try to help predict, and, and that game is probably one of the most reliable, although there's not a whole lot of, uh, I guess, litmus test for recruiting that can help you predict some, what, what, a, what a high school kid's going to do. And if you look at it, and I mentioned this in the, the weekly scoop, which I know we'll get to, to a little bit later, but since August, he's made three visits to Clemson and only one to North Carolina. And that one visit to North Carolina occurred way back in the end of September. And he visited for a game in, in Keenan Stadium. And the team that North Carolina happened to be playing that day was Clemson. So when you kind of put, you know, look at that, it doesn't look all that um, appealing to uh, to UNC and definitely looks um, very favorable to Clemson. The other thing, if you look at, he made a bunch of visits to a bunch of schools last football season with the goal of only visiting each school once. But Clemson somehow got two visits during the season. So um, really, I, I just, I'm going to be honest, without a return visit to North Carolina, which could happen this, this summer, depending on how things, things go with um, the dead period and the coronavirus and all that, um, I just don't see him picking North Carolina. Uh, maybe I'm just, hmm. I'm just wrong, um, but uh, I think he needs to make, that, make a visit back to UNC because, I mean, he just has been to Clemson so much. You know, recently, and his last impression is from that September 28th game against Clemson. Yeah, and Clemson's closer to home, and obviously they're a, a top you know, playoff team every season, and they're 
kind of at the pinnacle where UNC is still making the jump up there. Um, all right, cool. There's a whole article on Inside Carolina, premium article. It's got 89 comments on Will Shipley, the five-star running back from Matthews, North Carolina. We're going to move right along. Next topic, DeAndre Boykins. Uh, he committed to UNC weeks ago. He is the most recent commit to the Tar Heels. Um, you know, one of the guys that committed during this coronavirus period. A safety out of or, or athlete safety out of Cabarrus High Central Cabarrus High School in Concord, 5'11", 200. Don, tell us about his recruitment and then his position and what you where you expect to see him play. Because I've seen some different things on where he could play at at UNC. His recruitment is actually pretty simple because he didn't give his recruitment too much of attention. Uh, just this, that, that's just who he is. I mean, he doesn't, he's a kid who's not on social media other than Instagram, doesn't do Twitter or anything, which is rare for a high school kid or a high school recruit, I should say. I think Twitter's slowly kind of phasing out, not being the, the high school thing anymore. But um, mm. for a high school recruit, it's kind of like where you go to post your offers and where you're visiting and everything like that. He doesn't mess with any of that stuff. So he didn't take a whole lot of visits. He actually took more visits when his brother, Derek was being recruited and his brother ended up signing with South Carolina, eventually um, transferring to Charlotte. But um, during both his high school recruitment and his recruitment for tra- being a transfer, he took a bunch of visits and DeAndre accompanied him. And that's really where a lot of his visits, his recruiting visits took place. The one exception, though, was he made a couple of visits to North Carolina on his own, which was a good sign for you know, his mindset with UNC and kind of um, showed just, you know, where he was leaning. It also is, uh, I guess, kind of telling to the, the efforts that North Carolina put forth within his recruitment, namely Lonnie Galloway put a lot of effort into getting DeAndre on campus, which um, which says a lot because a lot of other schools weren't able to have as much success. Anyway, um, for much of his rec- recruitment, he kind of said that, hey, I'm, I'm going to wait until the last minute. You know, that's just how I am. Um, and but he decided that he didn't want to wait any longer. I guess it was like you said two weeks ago. He decided to make a verbal commitment. Um, you asked me about the position. It, it's so hard. I think really, I mean, he's he's he could really be a really good running back, and he could be a really good defensive back. Particularly, I think he's like a nickel sort of back, although he could play safety. And I think he could excel at, at any of those positions. So really, a lot of it has is I think will be determined on what North Carolina needs him to be. Um, but I think that regardless, I mean, intangible wise, uh, it's it's kind of off the charts for him because he's just he takes it so seriously. He plays with such a um, mean disposition, you know. He um, and, and that really kind of helps his his play the other thing is is like I felt like he played too many different positions for his high school so it was hard to kind of gauge just what he was best at but he definitely excelled at whatever role that he held um, so I, I think guys like this you want on your roster because they provide a lot of versatility and flexibility and when you have certain needs you have that guy who can fill those needs instead of just having him just kind of pigeonholed for a particular position so you think what's safe to your nickelback? If I had to pick one position, I would – here's my mindset. My, initially, it was, definitely, it was definitely DB, okay? Then I went to his practice, and I saw just how good of a runner he was. And he ran just with like this um, 
I guess this hatred almost for whoever was attempting to tackle him. I mean, when you were the guys who attempted to tackle him, he was dishing nearly as much uh, punishment to them. Uh, and then my mindset was like, all right, this guy's a, a running back. He'd be a great running back. And then I uh, watched his uh, junior highlights and I'm like, man, he's just such a really good defensive back because he anticipates plays, great ball skills, loves to hit. If I had to pick, I would say like a nickelback, but I mean, I definitely would love him at running back also. Interesting. Yeah, I've seen him there as well. Uh, DeAndre Boykins, a pretty highly ranked kid, uh, number 177 in the nation per the 24-7 sports composite ranking, number eight player in the state, sorry, number nine player in the state. So, I mean, he's up there, higher rank than Power Eccles, Gabe Stevens, Dontavious Nash, one of the many in-state four stars for the Tar Heels, DeAndre Boykins. UNC has a lot of players who are considered athletes on their profile. You have Caleb Hood, who's an athlete. Gabe Stevens is an athlete who I think you expect to be more of a outside linebacker. Um, John J. Borkins is listed as an athlete. So a lot of guys who are kind of tweeners at positions that could go either way and could play both offense and defense, depending on where um, UNC needs them. Kind of that safety, nickelback, running back type of build. Uh, 5'11", 6 feet, 200 pounds. UNC has a couple guys just like that. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Don's mock class. It's a great kind of write-up as he looks at the 2021 class and how it could end up. But first, we're going to talk about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. They're our loyal uh, podcast sponsors. And in a time like this, we really need to help out small businesses privately owned companies that are, you know, when their shops shut down and there's less foot traffic and people aren't going out, you got to support these companies. So make sure you go to giantt-shirt.com and pick up all your uh, UNC apparel needs, sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats, things like that. Great for gifts. You For Inside Current subscribers, we have a 10% off discount codes that can certainly help on large purchases. So if you're going to buy something, make sure you go to Johnny T-shirt and giantt-shirt.com to pick up Everything you need uh, UNC-wise. I actually went there about two weeks ago and got some sweatshirts for friends and family. They had a, a, a discount running, 20% off all sweatshirts. I added the 10%, 10% off discount code, and um, I got a bunch of gifts and a couple sweatshirts, so it's great. And they have everything you need right there on Franklin Street and then online at giantt-shirt.com. All right, Don, your mock class. I was looking at it yesterday, kind of preparing for this podcast. There's tons of good stuff, and we don't want to give it all away because it is a premium article. And if you're a subscriber, make sure you check it out. Don goes through every position and, and picks who he thinks is going to commit to UNC and what this class is going to end up looking like. And I asked you to kind of pick out one or two good nuggets or players that you think are interesting to talk about. And that's what we're going to do now. And the player you chose was Ra Ra Dilworth, correct? Yeah, and and a lot of that was because that generated the most conversation on the um, on the message board after I posted the mock class. Okay, so and you did something on him on your scoop last week as well. So kind of tell us what's going on with Ra Ra Dilworth's recruitment. He is listed as an outside linebacker, 6'2", 185 from Kernsville, North Carolina, number 226 in the 24-7 sports composite or in the nation, number 19 outside linebacker, number 13 player in the state of North Carolina. Don, give us a kind of an overview of his recruitment, what's going on now, the contenders for his services, and, and where it does stand based on what you put in your mock class on Tuesday. 
All right, I think it's important to kind of go through a, a real quick timeline of just what's what's been going on. So back in way back in February, he narrowed his list to five finalists, and his goal was to visit those finalists during the the spring and then make a verbal commitment, a, a private or silent verbal commitment on April 17th, but then he wouldn't announce it publicly until May 9th at a family function that was to celebrate his his mother's birthday, whose birthday is actually on May 6th earlier that week. So obviously, as we all know, he um, well, he t- ended up taking a, a couple of visits, um, mostly uh, I think it was Georgia and Alabama. And then the coronavirus pandemic came through and wiped out the, the rest of the spring calendar, recruiting calendar, uh, which forced him to cancel a bunch of visits, including a visit to North Carolina. But so we caught up with him once that stuff happened. And he said, you know, my plan is still to uh, make a decision. I visited all of my, my final five and I'm still going to make my decision on April 17th. And then when we caught up with him again, he came out and said, I've actually, I'm still going to stick to that timeline, uh, but I've narrowed it down to two schools, North Carolina and Alabama. Shortly after we we ran that report, I think it was actually the next day, uh, he um, uh, tweeted out that uh, he's scrapping everything. He was kind of, you know, his recruitment was open and um, he was, you know, canceling his, his decision dates. So then we, we, we caught up with him again, talked to him. I talked to him over the weekend and also talked to more sources since then. Um, and really, you know, he, he has kind of a finite list, I guess, but um, he doesn't want to disclose who that is. Um, and he's going to kind of just reevaluate things and he wants to make visits. But if the dead period gets the dead period is definitely going to get extended it hasn't officially been extended but it, it will be extended beyond april 15th but if it gets extended to the point where you know we're deep in the summer or whatever he could make a verbal commitment without taking those visits so anyway so there's a lot of things up in the air with him and my sense is that he came out with this top two and a bunch of schools were like whoa what's going on here you know you said you're going to visit you said you're considering us yada yada all this other stuff and he felt a lot of pressure to kind of take a step back. Um, and I think this is a way to kind of give him a little bit of buffer between those those schools. I still think that he ultimately comes down to North Carolina and Alabama. Maybe a school like Georgia has gotten into his ear. Maybe they were one of the schools that were like, hey, wait a second, you didn't really give us a fair shot. But I think um, he ultimately is going to come down to those two schools we have some things, some some intel in there that I don't want to mention on the podcast, but you could definitely read on the weekly scoop where he where um, it was very pro UNC um, information. But we also have, have received some pro Alabama information too. So uh, you kind of you know definitely look at this scoop and the scoop the the week before to kind of I guess um, make the call for yourself. But for me, I obviously included him in in the mock class, and my thinking it wasn't like a definite i'm going to do this sort of thing there was a lot of thought that was involved and uh, i obviously made the call to include him in it but it wasn't an easy call for me to make okay a lot of stuff there the whole committing secretly and then announcing it weeks later it's just it's kind of sloppy like it all gets out yes um, and and i know, talked to like, him ab- just i talked to him about that 
and I said to him, I said, you know, this is going to get out. You, you can't just commit and, and wait almost a month. And he said, yeah, well, if it gets out, that doesn't matter. I want to, I want to, uh, I want to announce it in front of my family and all that. So yeah. So I just mean, wait until you, just wait until you announce it with your family. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what, that's the thing is, is I think a lot of these kids are naive. I mean, they only get to go through this once. So they don't, they don't get to make mistakes and kind of learn from them. And I guess they don't look back and, and, and talk to other guys and, and, you know, talk to, to figure out just what sort of mistakes they shouldn't make. But you know how this thing is, is what happens is, is like these things leak out because they go and let's say they have a top five. They tell those four other schools, hey, I'm not committing to you. And they might tell that school, that school, hey, I'm committing to school A. And, of course, that school's pissed off. So they go and they tell media and other people, hey, he's committing to this school and that sort of stuff. And it starts to kind of leak out. Or he tells one of his buddies or one of his coaches or whoever. And that coach tells this person, this person tells that person, and so on and so forth. So these things get out. Unless you're only going to tell your parents. And your parents are not going to talk to anybody. These things will get out eventually. And there's no way, you know, that whole month it's going to come out. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, this guy's pretty good, right? I mean, Alabama wants some, Georgia wants some. Is he a take at Bama right now? And then after that, I mean, what makes him so good? He's not super highly ranked. I mean, he's still a four-star kid, but it's not like he's some elite top 100 player. Um, is he take at Alabama? And what does he bring and what do you see him? What makes him so good and so desirable and in, in, in position where he can play at UNC or wherever he goes? Well, I think the thing is with him is if he were a couple inches taller, he would be a top 100 recruit just because his film is just off the charts. He plays with unbelievable aggression and speed. And I mean, he just hits ball carriers like a freight train. I mean, that, that's, you know, and the other thing is, is he's a, definitely a workout warrior. Now, he's listed at, what, 6'2", 185 pounds. I could tell you he's not 6'2". He's probably closer to 6 feet, and mm. I, think, I think he's under 180 pounds. But the thing is, when you see him in person, he is literally bones and muscle, and that's it. I would love to know what his, uh, his, body, um, his body fat percentage is because, I mean, he just – and you could tell he spends a ton of time Ton, ton of time in the weight room um and he just is one of those kids who just has a difficult time kind of gaining the weight um and so i think that kind of hurts him with some of the rankings and even with some of the schools but he brings a lot and from my understanding alabama definitely wants him i don't know i don't i don't obviously interact with with um Alabama recruits as often. Uh, Hank South over there does a really good job, and I've had some conversations with him. From my understanding, Alabama is not looking at him as a linebacker. He doesn't really fit that Alabama linebacker mold. I would assume they want him more as a safety sort of guy, which is kind of interesting. But uh, North Carolina definitely, you know, even North Carolina, they want him as not your traditional linebacker. They want him use him kind of like a Isaiah Simmons sort of guy from Clemson last year where you move him up and down the defense, all three levels, and kind of take, a, take a advantage of his versatility and his speed and, and just kind of use him in a variety of ways. Yeah, and, and with Power Eccles, I mean, that would be a, a killer linebacker duo for UNC, and I'm sure Jay Bateman would figure out a way to use him. So great. A lot of information there on Renaria Dilworth, Ra Ra Dilworth. And definitely check out Don's weekly scoop that features the Mott Class 2.0. There's tons of information on other 
kind of in-state commitments that have not committed yet. Javari Ritzy is a big one. Zaire Patterson. There's just a lot of information on some guys that we haven't talked about as much now that are still kind of those, those next tier of players that we expect to commit um, either to UNC or to another school in the next coming months. Um, we can't talk about them all here on the podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, next up, two, two small things before we get to the top five. Caleb Hood, you know, you talked about this in your scoop as well. Quickly here, you know, his position's kind of been up in the air. He, he's a really good quarterback the high school level he could play some safety but he reached out to mac brown and said if they need a running back he could play running back what was that conversation like you had with him about hoods and his and his you know talking with the coaching staff about where he could play at unc seems like a team first guy that's helping lead this recruiting class for the tar heels yeah so you know as we've mentioned before or actually i guess when, when he committed i mean he's a guy who will be a four-year starter at quarterback for richmond county which is one of the state's uh, traditional football powers. So it's a big accomplishment that, uh, that he's been leading that program for so long. And I believe, and I was talking to his coach about this the other night, I believe he will end up being the first four-year starting quarterback for Richmond County. And, and a lot of that is because for a long time, Richmond County didn't allow its, its freshmen to play on uh, varsity. Anyway, um, you know, for those who have watched him with an objective eye, um, they'll tell you that, yeah, he has a potential to become a quarterback, but um, he has so much. He has a, such, such a, a, a much more higher ceiling at another position, such as running back or safety. Uh, he's an unbelievable runner, very slippery, but also has some power. Um, has an ability to kind of downshift and quickly upshift to to really kind of almost almost kind of like a juke move sort of thing to kind of fool defenders. Um, but, I mean, definitely a guy who's a threat to score every time he has the ball. Unbelievable athlete. You know, if you just look at his, uh, his spark rating and, and the numbers, his combine numbers he put up, um, great speed, great agility, great strength, all that sort of stuff. Um, so for him, you know, I was talking to him. He actually reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I told the coaches I want to play running back. That's what I'm going to play at North Carolina. So when we actually got on the phone and kind of talked about it a little bit further, you know, he told me that he reached out to the UNC coaches and said, hey, you know, I, I saw that you missed out on Evan Pryor, who is a four-star running back who ended up committing to Ohio State. And he said, hey, don't worry, I'll play running back for you guys. And, and the coaches were very receptive to that. I think, though, that they'll still end up trying him out at a bunch of different positions. And I think in the back of the coaches' heads, they always thought, okay, running back is 
is one of the positions that he could ultimately end up playing. And and I really think more than anything else, I think people are looking at this maybe as like a you're solving the issue at running back. But really, I think it is just more telling of just his mentality and the fact that this is going to be a guy who's going to be really good for the program because he's always going to put the program first. And that's just this is just an, a great example of that. All right. Awesome stuff there on Caleb Hood. Good information there from Don. Um, and then quickly, this is on the board. It's on Twitter. Dontavious Nash, UNC's first commitment in the 2021 class, committed at the um, the big camp that UNC did last June, received an offer from Florida. And the offering coach was UNC's former ace recruiter, Tim Brewster, now at the Gators. What's going on there? Uh, I read the from you or, or yeah, I think it was in your scoop. There isn't much fear of him decommitting, but it was a, it was his favorite school growing up and it was a dream offer, but there's more to that in terms of Brewster's uh, agreement to not recruit UNC players. Yeah. So first when I, I talked to um, Dontavious Ray after he made that tweet and my sense was that he didn't realize the ramifications of, labeling Florida his dream school and just was kind of celebrating. I mean, it's a big accomplishment anytime these kids get these offers. I mean, it really is. And he's in this situation to where he's been committed since last June. So when he gets an offer, it doesn't get as much of a celebration as some of his peers who aren't committed because, you know, he's committed. And so, but he wants that sort of celebration and it, and it kind of puts him in a rough position every time he gets an offer because he wants to tweet it out, but yet it looks bad for North Carolina, particularly when you label it a dream school. So anyway, so I think talking to him, um, he kind of regrets doing it the way he did it. And I don't view him <laughs> as a, um, as a threat to, to decommit at all. If you kind of just look at just his, his background, his history with North Carolina with the, the Tim Brewster stuff, which you kind of alluded to, is essentially, and I mentioned this in, in the in the weekly scoop to kind of give away a little bit of it. Um, there was a gentleman agreement between North Carolina and Tim Brewster upon Tim Brewster's um, departure that at least for a year, Brewster would not recruit any of UNC's uh, commits. And obviously, this is, you know, no- <laughs> Nash is North Carolina's longest tendered commit. So... Um, this is obviously going against that, uh, that agreement, which, you know, uh, I mean, and and I know you don't cover recruiting, but this is, you know, when two people, when two parties have this sort of handshake agreement, um, even in a field like recruiting and you kind of go against it, what, what does that say to you about that person? (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of snake-like, um, yeah, it's crazy. They would. I mean, I mean, I guess it's the same deal with him. You know, kind of agreeing to stay at UNC and and uh, bring UNC back. They have unfinished business, and then after one year leaving for Florida, um, how did you know? Learn about this uh, handshake agreement um, through a source. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, Nash it's, just, definitely... it's an interesting thing. It's, it's an interesting tidbit. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there was. Um... I guess some flirtation with some other recruits that were, were, you know, those who are involved in this situation were like, whoa, wait a second. This is, uh, 
this is not what we agreed to or what you said you would do. And then, but I think with Nash, it was just because of the fact that there's just no gray area with this. Brewster knows he's committed. You know, was there yeah. when he committed. Um, and he's been committed for a very long time. It's probably North Carolina's most firm commit. Why offer him? You know what I mean? Other than to kind of, you know. Ruffle, fla- mean, ruffle, ruffle feathers. Yeah, because you know he's yeah. not going to decommit. I mean, this is a kid who has, I have the actual numbers in, in the weekly scoop, but he's attended almost every UNC home game yeah. the, the past two seasons. And that's including. Eight this, out of 12. It has yeah. home games. Yeah, which is amazing. Most fans don't do that. So, uh, <laughs> and his best friend is Ray Rose, who you know signed with North Carolina. Um, he's been one of the most active recruiters for North Carolina. So this kid's not decommitting. If he's going to decommit, it would, be, it would surprise me completely. Um, and Brewster has to know that the odds are against flipping this kid. So why offer him? It just doesn't look good. Now. Um... Is this uh, handshake agreement? Was it just for commitments, verbal commitments? Because I'm sure. I mean, I mean, Brewster was recruiting a lot of other players in the 2021 class and 2022 class. What's the deal there? He can go after anybody, just not committed prospects. Yeah, I don't know specifics, but um, okay. I, I assume that it's at the very least it's uh, UNC commitments, and I would assume okay. that that. Dontavious Nash definitely falls into that category. I know you're trying to stuff there. trying to kind of find if there's you know what what this pool of of guys we're talking about, but but definitely um you know it, it's definitely UNC commits for sure. I don't know if it extends to the state of North Carolina or what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's so much talent in state. We've talked about all yeah. the uncommitted players, um, you know, Jared Wilson and and. Uh, Robert Dilworth and Zaire Patterson, a lot of players that obviously other out-state, out-of-state schools and SC schools would want to go after. And so to kind of outlaw that to other to Florida would be kind of weird. But the other uh, thing, to, the other thing too, is that Nash isn't like a tight end, which is what Brewster Brewster um, coaches, you know. And the only reason why Brewster is recruiting this kid is because of his relationship which was established while he was at North Carolina, which is, I guess, the problem yeah. here. I think if it was like Bryson, well, Bryson Nesbitt's not committed to North Carolina, but if Bryson Nesbitt were to commit to North Carolina, that would make a little bit more sense because it's a tight end. But, you know, being a defensive back, it's just, just not a great look. Yeah. All right, moving on, you know, Tim Brewster, gift that keeps on giving, entertaining guy, um, and still kind of stirring things up wherever he goes. Love it. All right, let's get into our top five. That was a lot of information there, a lot of good stuff. Again, 75% off on Inside Carolina and 24-7 Sports subscriptions. Can't say enough about it. I mean, if you're a team, a fan of any school, you can go on any board, read any article. You can peruse the UNC board, and then maybe you're a fan of LSU or another school or your football, this school, basketball, that school. I mean, the 24-7 Sports Inside Carolina subscription is, is great, and the information you get from – Don and Sherelle and scoops from myself and, and Greg and all the uh, premium information from Ben and et cetera is uh, it's worth the price of admission. And the board is great as well, especially during this time when you, you may have a little more time on your hands at home on the computer. So same percent off the next two days um, and you'll get that scoop and the mock class and everything else that comes um, the spring, summer and fall. Okay. Top five, Don, we uh, removed 
quickly through this. This is the uh, list, top five um, TV shows, kind of dramas, things you're binging right now during this time of quarantine to give our listeners um, ideas to watch and new shows and, and stuff you may not have thought about. So um, let's start. First of all, have you watched Tiger King yet? Yes. Well, I haven't finished it. I have one more episode, okay. but the but the crazy thing with that is that a year ago I listened to a podcast. Um, I think it was over my dead body, and they have different each season. They have a different sort of situation, but they had Tiger King. So I've heard this entire story, and I I loved it. So it me watching this, it's not. I don't get the surprises as much because I know what's happening, but kind of seeing Joe Exotic in person as opposed to just hearing his <laughs> oh voice on a podcast is just as a completely new dimension to it. Yeah. So do you have, do you have Tiger King on your list? No, but I, I I've watched it already. Uh, I mean, do yeah, that would it? definitely go on my list. Yeah. I yeah. Think it was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, for it's, those it's, who don't know, it's about, it's, it's about this guy who, I named Joe exotic, who has a zoo in Oklahoma and he kind of breeds and deals big cats like tigers and lions, mostly tigers, but lions and pumas and jaguars. And it kind of profiles him and, and a couple other people that do the similar things. There's a guy in Myrtle Beach, Doc Antle. And then it brings in this drama with this lady in, um, in Tampa, Florida named Carol Baskins. And there's just there's some crime. There's some threats of murder. And it's just this whole thing. And, and Joe Exotic is such a character. And there's all these different characters that come in. So definitely suggest watching that. Let's get right, right into it. Um, we'll read. We'll read three each. Okay. okay. We'll rotate, and then we'll give our own uh, top five shows to binge. All right. You want to go first? Uh, or you want to go, go ahead? Go you, you, you start. You start. You start. All right. So I'm going to go with. Let's go with John from Charleston. Number five is All or Nothing. Any of the seasons on Amazon are great. Have you ever watched any of the All or Nothing? Ross, is it was the Panth were the Panthers on that one? Yeah, the Panthers were, I think, two years ago. The current season is the Philadelphia Eagles. No, I need to. That's on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, on Amazon. Okay. I I've watched I watched the Panthers one, and I think I watched another one. Right. Yeah, right they're o- they're okay. Um, I I like um, Hard Knocks better, um, but I definitely watch them just because it's football. Uh, number four, Friday Night Tykes. Some of the coaches make me sick with how they treat the kids, but it's a fun watch. I've never um, watched it, um, but uh, anyway. Number three, QB1, great look at the life of top high school quarterbacks. I've watched this. I really like it. Um, you know, I think it's had like two or three seasons, and definitely some well-known quarterbacks have been on it. Um, def- so I definitely encourage people to watch that if you're a football fan. Um, number two, Ozark, new season about to come out. I like Ozark. I don't think no, they are not. Ozark is not on my list, but it's definitely a good, um, good binge-worthy show. And number one, Scandal. Currently watching this great show. Lots of twists and turns. I have not watched Scandal, but I am going to. Um, since John has it number one, John from Charleston has it number one. I'm going to put yeah. Scandal on my must-watch list. Have you watched Scandal? Uh, no, but I've, I've heard good things, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that on there as well. There's so many shows. It's crazy, like how much content there is to consume. Um, these days, I had like, a difficult t- difficult time coming out with my top five because I felt like I could do twelve or fifteen. Imagine, like you know, thirty years ago, or you know, even more. Like there was just there was just nothing to do, and now there's just so much thing with the internet and streaming. There's just so many things to um, 
to consume. It's crazy. Uh, it blows my mind. There's just like I have tons of windows pulled up for things to read. There's books, things to stream, Twitter, everything. All right. Um, okay, I'll go now. Sorry. You're fine. Okay, you read John. All right, I'll go uh, Noah from Korea. He always responds and always gives the top five, and we always appreciate that. Noah, he's in Korea. All right, Black Mirror. He, he had long explanations, and I enjoy Black Mirror as well. Bingeable and non-bingeable in that it's that gripping. I'd also recommend sticking to one episode a day to let things sink in. Wow. Some episodes are meh, but some are so memorable. They change how you think about the world. Like short stories, you may hate the first 20 minutes of something and then find yourself months later not being able to get that story out of your head. Lessons about answers and more consequences are classic sci-fi, and they're, they're made to make us consider how what we're doing may impact future generations. They're also different in a way that touches on society, sexuality, accountability, free will, etc. Essential viewers viewing for citizens of the 21st century. Yeah, Black Mirror is crazy. Like, I don't know if you watch any Don, but you can watch them. They're, it's not like a series. Each one kind of stands alone, to my knowledge. So you can crush one and then wait, you know, weeks and watch another one. Um, you can kind of jump around, but they're just crazy, mind blowing, kind of techie, sci-fi type things. And I'm not a sci-fi guy. I don't like that kind of stuff. But it's more technology and just different ways to think about things. It's crazy. Vikings. I'm not sure what Vikings comes on. I've never watched it, but heard good things. Number four, Vikings. Just some good, clean fun. Okay, not clean, but fun, historical, historically accurate glimpse into a fascinating time and region in history. Great casting and all that. Uh, very bloody, he said. Okay, number three, The Expanse. If you like sci-fi, this show has all the familiar themes. Social problems, class warfare, alien matter, etc. The books are even better. The TV adaptation is really good and definitely bingeable. Never heard of that, The Expanse. Number yeah. two, Chernobyl. Who would have thought a show about a nuclear meltdown we've all heard of could be such a white knuckler? Have you heard of Chernobyl? I mean, you watched Chernobyl? Yeah, so I I made the mistake of putting it on. It was one of those days we talked about when my wife and I kind of just go downstairs in the living room and work together. So we put it on, and I was working through it. And I kind of hate that I did that, so I only caught pieces of it. And I really need to – it's definitely on my list to go rewatch because I, I, never, I didn't really grasp it at all or, or really even digest it any of it whatsoever so i need to go back and watch it what did you have you seen it i have not but it's definitely on my um on my list okay um pulls up here all right and number one from noah is the americans fantastic show all around it's a drama but they're individual episodes it's a drama so there are individual episodes in in, in there where things drag but it's the best show of my lifetime one of the best shows of my lifetime it grips you from the beginning, develops the characters. It's not a spoiler to, to also say the show is based on real stories. It's, it's a bit timely. You can't recommend it highly enough. I'm actually watching that right now, The Americans. So um, my, it's, a, my, kind of, it's kind of about uh, Soviet, Soviet spies in America. That's so my, my wife and I started it, and I don't know if we finished the first season or not, but we kind of didn't, couldn't get into it. But... This is not the first person who's said, hey, this is a great show. So maybe it's one of those shows where I kind of have to push through and then I'll start to kind of like it a lot more. Um, the other thought might I be had... Little, might be a little uh, over your head. Okay. Too intelligent for me. Um, <laughs> the, the other one, Black Mirror, I have a friend who swears by that show. So that's on my list for sure. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I've only watched probably 10, but um, 
Yeah, I, I would love to go through those. They're good, just a one-off. Okay, your turn. All right, so Michelle and Charlotte, who she gave me permission to kind of uh, let everybody know. Everybody probably knows her because her son, Jake Lawler, was uh, on UNC's football team. So um, uh, She's a loyal podcast listener. Yes, yes. And, this story uh, on Jake, and she told me she listens to every – I've talked to her a bunch, and she told me she listens to every podcast no matter um, – no matter what it is on, which is great. That's awesome. Well, she needs we love, to submit. We love Michelle. We do love Michelle. So she needs to submit more top fives. So I'm calling her out right now. Anyway. All right. So number five, the uh, Mandor. You got to help me with this. Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Yeah. If you're a Star Wars fan, you will love it. I'm not a Star Wars guy. So, and I don't have Disney Plus. Um, number four, uh, I, I guess I can say this. Don't <laughs> fuck with cats hunting an internet killer. <laughs> insane documentary about how cat video internet fans caught a serial killer on netflix uh, the other thing i need to mention is that she kind of gave a disclaimer and said that a lot of this was what jake came home and watched with her during one of his breaks so this is jake lawler influenced um have you never, seen that have you seen that one i have not i, I feel like i heard about I, I started it okay is it good it's crazy i think it's only three episodes it's three it's kind of a documentary but it's just okay. a weird concept. It's good. Um, it's on. Will, uh, it's on Netflix. I'm putting that down. Uh, I have like five or six. I got to watch now. All right, number yeah. three. His dark. His dark matters on HBO, based on the Golden Compass series, like a teenage version of, I guess, a Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, number two. You on Netflix. Creepy, interesting take on a stalker. Okay. And number one. Cheer on Netflix, done by the same people who did Last Chance You in a great documentary about a sport I knew next to nothing about. Okay, interesting. All right. Yeah, I started Cheer. Um, did you? I haven't finished it. Yeah, it's about cheerleaders. And uh, it's actually the school, uh, UNC recruited a linebacker, a Juco school, a linebacker there, Navarro High School. Mm-hmm. No, no, sorry, Navarro Juco. Mm-hmm. Um, UNC had a linebacker come from there recently. He didn't really pan out. Let me see if I can find out his name. From Navarro? Um, I'll look it up. Okay. Yeah, it was it was pretty recently. Uh, JP Copeland. Remember him? JB Copeland. Oh, wow. Yes. Because he, he – um, did he ever – He didn't really play playing... much at UNC. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if he ever really played uh, – Papuchas recruited him. I just remember covering his recruitment. He got injured again. I think it's some concussions, things like that. But, um, yeah, he committed, and I think he was at UNC for two years. Um, okay, moving on. Do, 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 do. Ben from Chapel Hill. Um, real quickly, he has, he has them all written down, no explanations. Five, Royal Pains. Never heard of it. Four, Mindhunter. That's a real popular one. A lot of people like Mindhunter. Okay. Uh, I started it, didn't finish it. Um, it's about detectives, like FBI, doing um, serial killers and like crazy kind of psychological criminals and, and getting to that kind of stuff about it. Three Peaky Blinders, two Madam Secretary, and one Hell on Wheels. All these are on Netflix. Um, he says, Hell on Wheels, you'll never hate a character in any show more than the Swede. Okay. There you go. All right. Um, for my last, this is our last one, right? Yep. I think so. Or my last one. That's for you. I have one more. Yep. All right. I'm going to go with John in Alexandria. Um, I'm not going to go read his. He has really long descriptions, which is awesome. So I don't want to discourage that. Um, 
Number five, Ken Burns, The Civil War on PBS, just nine episodes in length, but probably the greatest documentary series ever made. It's absolutely engrossing, and I can easily watch two or three of the two-hour-long episodes in a single setting. Um, so this kind of relates to my, my homeschooling that I've been doing. So my, one of my classes I'm in charge of is history. And so I didn't do the Civil War. I did the War, which is um, it's a Ken Burns also, but it's on um, World War II. So um, anyway, the, Ken Burns, unbelievable. These uh, documentaries, though, are I think you have to have a certain mindset because I've watched some of them and just fallen asleep almost immediately. But so much information, and he does such a great job of researching this stuff. So if if that's your thing, Ken Burns is definitely you probably already you know know Ken Burns is the best at that. Uh, number four, John Adams on HBO, another miniseries that portrays the life and political career of, Don, of John Adams based on David McCullough's uh, groundbreaking biography. I have not um, have not watched that. Um, number three, The Crown on Netflix, similar to John Adams in the sense that this series does an unbelievable job of illustrating a period of history through the life of a single historical figure. I believe my wife has watched that, but I have not uh, number two, Lillehammer, which is on Netflix, the first ever Netflix original series. Stephen Van Zeit, Zant, who is a guitarist in Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band and played the role of Silvio Dante on The Sopranos, portrays mobster Frank Tangolino in this Fish Out of Water series. That sounds interesting. I'm definitely going to add that to my list. And number one, Babylon Berlin on Netflix. An absolutely unbelievable show, probably my favorite on Netflix, set in Germany during the Weimar uh, Republic in the 1920s. We follow the work of a detective and police clerk trying to get a handle on crime in Berlin. Okay, great. And that's all we had submitted. So we only had uh, five submits. Is that correct? Did we? I thought we had one. Oh, we have, you didn't read uh, Locke from Greensboro. Oh, or did you? That one. I did not. No, you did. No, no did. sorry. Yeah, I read Locke from Greensboro. I know a Locke from Greensboro. Can't be this guy though. All right, five Mandalorian Disney Plus, a Western set in the Star Wars universe. Short, and you can fly from it. Fly, fly through it. I don't have Disney Plus, so that's not an option for me. Uh, I also don't have Apple TV, which has yeah, some shows as well. Superstore, which is a comedy workplace comedy, very lighthearted, so good to escape all the pandemic talk. Three, The Good Place comedy about the afterlife two peaky blinders british gangster show not many episodes you can fly through it and number one Shit's creek on netflix a canadian comedy that also has a good underlying story in which the characters evolve i've uh, i've started Shit's creek it's good it's like a 30 30 minute show you can kind of blast through it pretty funny stuff okay um awesome let's do ours real quick don we'll get out of here all right go first. You, all right so am i going all five Five, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Um, I'm assuming The Wire does not qualify because it, it's too mainstream, correct? I mean, sure, whatever. Do we ask to not do mainstream? Not, not the well, big we, ones. Well, I, guess, I guess we did, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I always feel like The Wire kind of sort of gets forgotten sometimes, but it's like, I'm not going <laughs> to include it in my list, but to me, it's one of the best all time. So, if for whatever reason you haven't heard of The Wire, I think that that's to me would be number one would be one of my top um, overall, regardless. Um, but it's it was on HBO, but you can get it on Amazon Prime. Definitely watch it if you haven't before. All right, so my actual top five, and like I said before, I had a really difficult time 
kind of cutting this off. So my number five is Mr. Robot, which is actually on USA, but you can get it on Amazon um, Amazon Prime. I think all the seasons are free. Um, but it's about this hacker in New York and um, you know, a bunch of different things. He's he you know he he eventually kind of takes down uh, this uh, I guess a credit ca- uh, card company. Um, but uh, really interesting, kind of deals with you know the death of his father and all this sort of stuff. But um, have you ever heard of Mr. Robot? I have not. Yeah, really, a little bit on the dark side. But um, I, I I encourage it. it's not it's not definitely not a mainstream one that a lot of people have heard of. But anybody who I've turned on to Mr. Robot has loved it. Uh, number four, Evil Genius, which is kind of like a documentary in a way. Um, it's it's basically about this, I guess, this bank robbery sort of thing where this guy has a bomb attached to his neck and um, the bomb goes off and they actually have TV footage of it, um, which is kind of crazy. Um, but, um, you know, basically these people, I think it was in Ohio. Have you seen Evil Genius on Netflix? No. Wait. Oh, it's a documentary. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I have. Uh, isn't that isn't there another name to it, like an extended name? There might be, but I know that the main name right. is Evil Genius. But it, but it's it's awesome because you really try the whoever kind of put this together really gets into the mind of these people who are involved, and it's just kind of crazy just how crazy intelligent these people were to kind of devise this plan and trying to figure out who did what and, and all that sort of stuff. And I don't think anyone actually ended up serving time for this crime, and it just. Evil Ge- Sorry, okay. Evil Genius, the true story of America's most diabolical bank heist. Yeah. It's got that crazy. crazy lady in it. Yeah. I've yes. Yes. She's super crazy. And, yeah, and which one. what's great is that they have interviews with her. And so you kind of get into that mind. There's a lot of stuff like that. There's um was the Unibomb that's a weird, one. That's a weird series, yeah. Really weird, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. All right, number three for me, Homeland, which is on Showtime. They have the new new uh, season on right now. I love it. a lot of twists and turns about this um, woman who who deals with um, uh, bipolar, um, and but she's this you know really really I guess I don't know if intelligent is the word, but just a great um, CIA agent. Um, and each season has its own sort of different theme that she's dealing with or whatever. But it's great. Um, you know, definitely, definitely one high on my list for sure. Shameless is another Showtime one, which is more kind of like a um, a comedy slash drama about this basically a white trash family in the South Side of Chicago. You know, dad's drunk, you know, kids have to kind of raise themselves. Um, definitely one of those shows where you you laugh your your ass off on certain scenes, and you kind of feel bad about laughing about it because you feel like you shouldn't be laughing about it. I don't know if it's it's a show for everybody because it definitely kind of teeters into certain areas and and might be um, offensive, but um, that's right up my alley for for humor. And number one for me is this is I just started and it definitely fits the definition of binge worthy, which is Succession, which is on HBO. Actually, won a bunch of mm-hmm. awards. Uh, have you watched Succession? Yeah, and the second season is better than the first season. Yes, second season definitely better. Um, I love both of them unbelievable cra- uh, characters great acting um great storyline um you know you kind of love and hate all the characters 
you know, all at once. Each one has their own sort of personality, which is great. I feel like sometimes you can watch a show and like all the characters have the same personality, say the same things. Um, twists and turns, you know, you know, not not a whole lot on TV that's that's like this. All right, so Ross, give me your top five. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, I was kind of putting a lot of this together as we talked. I forgot about true crime. I mean, that opened up a whole nother. I usually I was really in true crime like two years ago, uh, a year or so ago. Um, okay, so I'll go number five. Um, you know what? I'm gonna. I had House of Cards, but I think it's too mainstream. I would recommend watching House of Cards. Great show, political drama. But I'm gonna go since that's kind of mainstream. I'm gonna go uh, the Staircase. I love the it's Staircase. A, it's a true crime. It takes a. It's a long show. It gets really slow at times. But it's about this guy in Durham who got accused um, of killing his wife. And mm. it's like super local. The lawyer like taught at UNC Law School. You see tons of like Chapel Hill and Durham and driving between Chapel and Durham. And it's uh, I mean, his house, the house where it all went down is, is like in a neighborhood right in Durham coming in from Chapel Hill. So the staircase on Netflix, great true crime. And it takes place in like the about 15 20 years ago maybe a little bit less uh number four true detective on hbo um i've just finished season three season one and three are the best two is a little confusing not as good i think that's what most people say but just finished season three um each 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 one's a standalone series so each season one is completely different different storyline than season two and season three but they're just kind of really strange interesting crimes and follow the detectives on that pretty popular uh, three sharp objects on HBO. Uh, just one series, one season. Amy Adams um, is in it. It's about a crime and disappearance in small town. I think it's in Missouri. Um, but really good show there, Sharp Objects. Number two, The Night Of. This was incredible. Uh, on HBO, it's uh, one season. It's about another crime. I'm getting a sensing a theme here with my shows. Um, <laughs> it's, it takes place in New York about this murder, and it, I, I would that's the night of is is awesome, and it was really easy to crush and go through. I, I should watch that again, but it's a kind of about this crazy crime, and the this guy gets accused of it, and he doesn't think he did it, but there's some other factors in play. And then number one, the killing. On Netflix, I think you can watch on Hulu as well. I watched this a long time ago, and it's it's still one of the best shows I've ever seen. Um, it's about a um, kidnapping, murder, disappearance in Seattle, and the detectives um, figure out who did it. The killing. I think there's a there's a second season. I think that's it. There may be more, but it's about these two detectives, and it's great. So all mine have been detective murder. Yeah. Shows. So that so that my question is. So I love listening to those sort of. I guess those true crime stuff on podcast for my long drives to different high schools. You have any go-to true crime podcasts? No, I haven't gotten into those. I, okay. I keep mostly current events, um, sports, current events. Uh, and my favorite podcast is how I built this, but everything else is pretty newsy. Ron Rosillo, nothing, nothing like that yet um, for long drives, but I, I would love to get into that more. One thing I want to add, you know, I'm watching The Americans right now. Mm -hmm. I finished Tiger King over the break. I finished Love is Blind over the break or over this period. I would recommend that. Make Millions, we watched that as well uh, on HBO about the um, McDonald's um, monopoly 
this big fraudulent case with that. And then Succession was also listed as, as one of my top ones. Yeah, so I am currently by myself watching Handmaid's Tale, which yeah, um, oh, that's a great one. That, that's that, crazy. That is, yeah, yeah. No, it is really crazy. Um, I thought about listening. I don't know. I I don't. I definitely get into it and watch it, but I guess because it kind of makes me feel bad that I just can't put it on a list of my favorite. But yeah, it's great. It's, what's that? Handmaid's Tale. Yes, Handmaid's Tale. But it's um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely unique. There's nothing like it at all. You know, it, it's, yeah. I've it's only great. watched season one, so I need to get into, I need to get into season season two and three. Um, that's some crazy kind of concepts and ideas there. I yeah. didn't know you'd kind of be able to understand that. <laughs> yes, I I actually when I was when I was writing all these down, I realized how much that I've watched is just crazy, and and I like yeah. the complicated stuff like that because. I like to be able to do it, you know, I, I do a lot of, I don't know, I have different levels of, of binging. And, and so Handmaid's Tale is something I watch when that's the only thing I'm doing. And I have certain shows where I binge while I'm doing work. And, you know, and there's obviously some shows I, I binge with my wife. Um, so, um, so yeah. yeah. So, but What I like to do is I get, you know, one or two like good series going, hour-long shows you kind of can go back and forth from. But then I'll also throw in like a light 30 minute show that I can kind of keep going back to. And when I'm eating lunch or you just need a quick show to kind of right before bed or, or something easy, like I'm watching um, Curb Your Enthusiasm and they're just easy standalone 30 minute episodes to try to throw in when you need a, a break from the monotony of one show. That's kind of my strategy. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what uh, I do. So it, my, sh- my, my show for that is Fleabag, which is on yeah. Prime. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, I, I finished that one. That was just one season, right? I think it's two. Or I two, think two. Yeah, two. Great. I like that yeah. girl. Oh, God, yeah. God, <laughs> calm down over there. I mean, she's a great character. She's funny. She's uh, she is. Yeah, and her and she, way. She's, of, the, she's the writer. I think she's the writer of it too. Well, the thing I think that's great about her is like her way to kind of look to the camera to kind of make you feel like you're part of it. You know what I mean? Sort of thing. Like someone yeah. says something stupid and she yeah. kind of looks at almost like, like your friend would look at you if, uh, you know, someone says something stupid, you know, in front of you and she kind of looks at you. I mean, those sort of things kind of, you know, I, I love about it, but, but yeah, no, I'm with you. you like, and you and, like, with that, with that, you like when someone kind of, kind of, someone kind of includes you in the show, you like to feel part of it. Well, it's, it's just different. <laughs> I like different, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Not many other shows do I'm that, but we, um, yeah, so I, you know, I'm watching Handmaid's Tale by myself, and I have Fleabag and a couple other shows that I, I am. Um, you know, sometimes I just rewatch like The Office or Seinfeld, so I do that a lot yeah. too. And then um, right now, my wife and I were doing um, Tiger King, as I mentioned. We have one more episode, and then we have like shows like uh, Walking Dead that we watch every Sunday, and then there's a couple of reality shows that we watch uh, together. One reality show I'll give a shout out to that. Um, it's not not mainstream since we're talking non-mainstream that my wife and I watch is married at first sight. Have you seen this at all? Married at first sight. No, I've seen 90 day fiance. fiance. It's the same but channel. I, I think it's, I think it's the okay. same channel, but it, it, it is what it says. It is. It's, you know, you know they, they have these, um, I guess psychi- psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever who co- who take a pool of people doing interviews and all this other an- analysis and everything and match them up together and they don't meet until until um, their wedding day and they legally are married um, and it's just kind of interesting because they have like f- 
five couples going at once. And it's just crazy how some, you know, the certain things that, that they come, come across. So anyway, Ross, yeah, you need I to do this. that. I love it. <laughs> when, when it's time, when nah. you are finally ready to settle down, you need to do married at first sight. I'm good. I'm going to hopefully see the person I marry before I marry him. That's the plan. Um, I love those trashy kind of romance dating type shows. Uh, yeah. Kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. You know what we, I think we should do, Don? I What's think that? we should do a we'll do one of our next podcasts, just do all the regular football podcasts, and then do a whole Tiger King breakdown. Yes. Let's do it. That would be the next one. Like, I'll, I, might, yeah. I might go back and rewatch it and take notes so we can kind of <laughs> – just go back and forth on all the different storylines and stuff. This is um, I think that'd be really that'd be really fun. This yeah, this is true like um um isolation solitude sort of podcasting right now. Yeah, for sure. All right, we've gone way too long. Uh thanks to those who did listen all the way through. Hopefully you got some some good ideas for shows. I definitely did. I, I wrote down most of the things that Don talked about and that our uh listeners submitted. So hopefully you got a couple of shows you can watch, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, and, and of course, there's a lot of good information there on football recruiting. Kind of funny that we we talk about these football recruiting for half the time, and then we've gone on this huge tangent with tons of different shows, completely different topics. But thanks for listening, and we will uh, get you out next time. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what did it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.